You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. The end of that video, she said, peace out. And, and maybe that's the whole issue uh, this morning, especially from the standpoint of the message, because I'm afraid um, that's something that's hard for mothers to find. And, and that is a few minutes of peace. Uh, and that's really what we're going to, uh, going to talk about uh, today. You've heard the phrase before, I'm sure a mother's work is never done. And uh, I've had the opportunity to really observe that in, uh, in a close, maybe not average way uh, as I was growing up because of my mother uh, being an only parent. My dad, uh, as many of you know, was killed when I was in the fifth grade. So that left my mother doing everything, uh, you know, being a teacher, going over homework at home. Uh, you know, keeping us clothed, keeping uh, myself and my brother, got a brother that's four years younger than me, uh, keeping us fed, uh, keeping us uh, transported to our sporting events and practices and, and, and everything uh, like that. Uh, so I, I observed her, you know, through that time. I even observed her uh, for part of that time as I was growing up being the caregiver uh, for my grandmother, because my grandmother had colon cancer, and uh, it was my uh, mom that it kind of, even though there were three other siblings, it kind of fell to her to be the one that was providing the care. Uh, and I watched that in the home and got to observe it uh, really closely. Uh, my mom is 92 years old, and she's still with me. Um, and all that she did, now it's reversed some. And, and I get to do things for her. Uh, and she's moved in with us, uh, had been at one time, went and stayed with my brother a while, now back with us. So, uh, uh, and, and I don't look at it as a chore. I, I really look at it as something I should do, you know, because of how, how she cared for me. And I try to be a, a good son. I put up with stuff that a lot of people wouldn't want to put up with probably. Uh, she's 92. I'm 56. She still asks me questions like I'm a teenager, and uh, and everything. Last night when I was fixing uh, supper last night, uh, she you know watches some of the old TV programs and to let you know how how good of a son I am. I had to put up with listening to Lawrence Welk on TV, uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and, and I think God got back at her for that somehow. I don't know because this morning I, I went in to see her to tell her Happy Mother's Day before I left to come here. And she's got a radio right there by her bed. And, you know, she must have, I'm sure it happened by accident, but she must have accidentally changed the channel or something. She's listening to Lawrence Welk last night on TV. And I go in to tell her Happy Mother's Day. And honest to God, Les Zeppelin is playing on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I didn't take time to change the station. I'm sorry. I thought I had to listen to yours. You get, you know, so uh, anyway. But I've also had the chance to observe this being really true, that a, that a mother's work is never done by observing my own wife. Uh, Becky and, and I have been married almost for 35 years, be 35 years in June. Uh, we had three kids. Um, Part of the time I was in law enforcement when Jessica was young uh, as an infant, but then the rest of the time I've been in the ministry. So uh, with my schedule, uh, being in the ministry and things like that, I have watched uh, Becky. She was a stay-at-home mom for part of the time, but then you know other parts of the time she was working out of the home, and I've seen her come in very tired. Uh, you know, over the last several years, she's worked in the school system, and she's a teacher's assistant with the uh, uh, severe and profoundly handicapped children. And, uh, you know, that in itself is a stressful day because, you know, many of them are, are screaming and yelling and things like that, just hard uh, even to, to work with. And yet I've seen her come home from that, knowing that she's dog-tired. And her come home and then, you know, do work in the home and, and, and care for the, for the kids and, and, and things like that uh, on it. And I, I do most of the cooking. I do try and uh, help out 
and I'll, I'll try and leave the dishes and say, here, you know, after I, I do the cooking a lot of the times. But I have observed it from a very close standpoint, uh, the fact that a, a mother's work is never done. Uh, and, and if you'll think about that, I'm sure you have uh, observed that also. There's a lot of stress involved with being a mother. I mean, it's not just all the housework, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm 56, my mom's 92. Uh, I, I guess I'll be the same way. I don't know as a parent or as a mother, no matter how old you are, I don't know if you ever get over worrying about your kids. I was gone a while yesterday and had to run to the store, and she calls me because she thought I was gone too long. said, I was afraid you had a wreck, you know. Uh, and, and I think that's part of motherhood. And, and there's just a, a lot of stress in, involved in it. I mean, besides just, you know, doing the, the dishes and the clothes and, and things like that, a lot of moms serve as kind of like the CEO or the financial director of the home. And, you know, they're having to pay the bills and worry about the bills and, and everything else in, in the midst of it. Um, ran across this definition that a little girl uh, gave this week as I was preparing for the message for, for Mother's Day. And here's a little girl's definition. A mother is a person who takes care of her kids and gets their meals. And if she's not there when you get home from school, you wouldn't know how to get your meals and you wouldn't feel like eating them anyhow. It's just a little girl's perspective of, of motherhood. I uh, found a paragraph also. The paragraph was uh, entitled, Mothers Are Not Birds, that someone had written. And uh, here's what the paragraph says. My son found a bird's nest. It was empty. After just one season, the mother bird was finished with it. Next year, she'll build another. But I am glad human mothers are not like birds. Did you know that if someone handles eggs in a wild bird's nest, the bird may stop sitting on them? And if a mother bird has a defective chick, she'll shove it out of the nest and not allow it to grow up. Thank God our mothers care for us regardless of how many problems we have. They take care of us when we are hurt or sick. Like God, they love us even when we do wrong things. A mother bird keeps busy feeding her children and protecting them. That is all she does, though. Think of how often our mothers have to be nurses, teachers, housekeepers, cooks, chauffeurs, counselors, and friends. With all we ask, it's a wonder mothers don't push us out of the nest. Baby birds are out of the nest in one season. Then the mother becomes free from caring for them. Our mothers are forever. They continue to do things for us, even when we get older. They never stop caring for us. They pray for us. They become grandmothers and care for our children. Mothers are a treasure. Take a moment and meditate on all your mother's done for you. Be sure to honor and thank God uh, or, and thank the mother that God gave you. Being a mother, like I said, is stressful. It's stressful enough with everything that they have to do. They put up with dirty dishes, dirty diapers, dirty husbands, <laughs> dirty screaming kids, dirty pets, dirty clothes, dirty floors, dirty sinks and toilets. A mother has every reason in the world to be stressed. But then when you factor into our current culture today, in the world that we live in, all the additional stressful concerns that's added on to a mother's life, such as the world events, or terrorism, or our nation's finances, or the loss of jobs, or the educational system being impacted by teacher cutbacks, or the price of gas and groceries going up. I, I'm just telling you, mothers have a whole lot to be stressed over. So, the scripture that I've been led to today doesn't say anything about mothers. Instead, I think it gives us some information that can help all of us, but since it's Mother's Day, especially to be focused toward mothers, about how to deal with that stress, about how to find some, some peace and some strength in your life. In Isaiah, we find these words. I've put a couple of translations on the screen. The first is the English Standard Version. Ye, referring to God, you keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. 
Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Then the New King James puts it like this. You would keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever in Yah, which is a name for God in the Hebrew. In Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. One says everlasting rock, one says everlasting strength. Like I said, it doesn't say anything about mothers. And, and it does say the word he or him. But in the Hebrew, that's just a generic term for a person, not just talking about men. And today, what I want us to do on this Mother's Day is, is visit these two verses and try and identify some ways for you and the stressful life that you live in, especially as mothers, for you to find peace and also find strength. Like I said, the passage of Scripture doesn't deal with mothers. The immediate context of the Scripture was written to the, to the Jews when they would come into the city of Jerusalem and by coming in there, finding peace and strength and God giving it to them in the immediate context. In the ultimate context, it talks about the new Jerusalem one day. We talked about that some last week as we talked about the kingdom of God. And it talks about the New Jerusalem, where ultimately all that are in that city of God will have ultimate peace and ultimate strength. But I want us to look at it in a practical application today, and especially for you moms, and us talk about and think about how to find peace and how to find strength. First of all, Let's talk about finding peace in the stressful world that we live in. Admit, it's a stressful world, isn't it? You know, everything that's going on, everything that we're facing. It's just stressful pulling up to the gas pump. I mean, it is for me. Is it for you? <laughs> you know? I bought a car a while back. I thought I was doing good. Got 28 miles to the gallon or so. Now I'm thinking I need to take it back and trade it and get something that gets 100 miles to the gallon. It's just a stressful world that we have to deal with, everything that's, that's, that's going on around us. So let's talk about finding peace in the stressful world. Let's focus on verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. First thing I want you to notice in that verse is that if we're going to find peace, perfect peace, you and I need to recognize, we need to realize that as believers, we're kept in perfect peace by God. It says you, referring to God, keep him in perfect peace. In other words, you and I don't have the ability to just manufacture our own peace. I don't have the ability, and you don't have the ability just to kind of work it up so that you have peace that you experience in your life. That verse tells us that that God is the one that keeps us. The word for keep in the Hebrew means this. It means to guard in a good sense. Not to guard like you're in prison. You know, some of our kids think that's what moms are. They've got them in prison, won't let them do anything fun, and they're being guarded. But it's a positive light. I mean, look at it as though maybe you're inside a city and their guard is posted to try and keep you safe inside that city from attack. The word means to guard in a good sense. It talks about a garrison, which will be like a, a military operation, a bunch of soldiers around you there to protect you. The word also means to, to maintain. We don't have the ability in ourselves. That's why the Bible says you, talking to God, you keep him in perfect peace. God is the one that keeps us through our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He guards us. He guards our peace. He protects us. He maintains our peace. I mean, just like he holds on to us. Look what's said in John chapter 10. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, he's writing about believers, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And, of course, all the doctrine messages we went through in the last series, I and the Father are one. You've got Jesus the Son, the second part of that triune God, and God the Father. 
In those verses, it tells us that he holds on to us. That's an issue I think a lot of people have when it comes to to placing faith in Jesus. I've even had people give me the excuse before. Well, I I would receive Christ as my Savior, but I, I just don't think I'm strong enough right now, and I don't think I can hold on. You know what? That's true. I can't hold on, and you can't hold on. Thank God he holds on to us. He's the one that keeps us in his hand. He's the one that holds on to us. And in like fashion, the one who will not turn loose of us also keeps us in peace. The reality that he holds on to us, that ought to give us a reason to have peace, that we can experience peace in life, to where we just rest in the fact that God keeps those that are his in perfect peace. A lot of times we try and manufacture peace. Or we try and, you know, have certain activities or actions or attitudes in our lives that we think might generate peace for our lives. But the truth of the matter is, He's the one that gives us peace. Mom, you're not going to find peace by going out on a shopping spree to make yourself feel better. (laughs) It might work until the bills come. Amen? You're not really going to find perfect peace by calling a time out and trying just to grab some time for yourself to where you can, you know, have some celestial seasoned tea or maybe some international coffee. You're not going to get, you know, the advertisements make it look like, oh, if I can just pull aside and have a little bit of this to drink and sit there, everything will be fine. I'm sorry it don't work like that. Your kids don't understand you're drinking celestial tea and things ought to be cool right now. You know, or international coffee moment. that You know, they'll come through and scream and spill your coffee for you while you're trying to drink it. You're not going to find perfect peace like that. You will not find perfect peace in a chocolate moment. While some of you ladies will debate with me about that. You'll not find perfect peace in that way. Here's how you find perfect peace. You find perfect peace by understanding God is the one. If you know Christ is your Savior, God is the one that through that relationship with Jesus, He's the one that gives you perfect peace. He's the one that gives you peace. What you need to do when you're facing stress in your life is pull aside and not think about the coffee or the celestial tea or anything like that that you may try and develop as a moment to give you peace. What you need to do is pull aside as a believer and remember God loves you. Jesus died for you. He understands everything that you're going through and allow Him to generate the peace that you need in that moment. Our focus, number two about finding peace, our focus needs to be stayed upon God. It says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. The word that's used there for mind basically just talks about our thought processes. If you roll everything together, a conception, a purpose, something you know, framed, thought framed in your mind, imagination. So we need to allow our thought processes, in other words, to be focused on the fact of what God has done for us. And through that, we find peace. It says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is speaking directly of our our attitude, our our thought processes, whose mind is stayed on you. And the word for stay that's used here in the Hebrew means to prop, to reflexively lean upon or take hold of. It means established, to lie hard against to rest yourself upon, to set yourself upon. In other words, as you think about what those words mean right there, what the word state means, and the verse tells us you keep, God keeps the person in perfect peace whose mind has stayed upon you. What we need to do when our lives get really stressful is understand that we need to kind of prop ourselves on God. It's, It's like playing a a mind game a little bit with yourself. You know, play a mind game when the stress comes and the challenges are too big and, and the days just seem, you know, really hard. In your mind, you need to kind of see yourself setting yourself on Him, setting yourself upon God. All, all those words there that we looked at, that's a definition of the, of the word stayed. 
What we need to do as believers is we face, face stress in our lives, and moms especially on this Mother's Day, as you face stress in your life, you need to prop yourself upon God. You need to lean upon Him. The word also meant to reflexively lean upon. In other words, as a natural reflex as a believer. It ought to just occur like that. We've got the mindset when stress hits, when problems come, it ought to be our reflex, almost like it, you know, like when you get your reflexes tested at the doctor's office and they tap with that little hammer. You don't really have control over that. Just you know, your leg goes out when they hit the right place. That ought to be the way we are in our faith. So when we are facing stressful situations, we are so adjusted to and so used to leaning upon God that what we do in a moment of stress is just like a reflex. That's what we do as believers. We, we prop ourselves upon Him. We lean ourselves upon Him. We take hold of Him. We need to have our minds established upon God. The word also meant there to, to lie hard against. And I hope you already know this and you've experienced it. The world will lie hard against you, won't it? What we need to do when that happens is lie hard against Jesus. We, we just need to lie hard against him, to rest ourselves upon him, to set ourselves upon him. Like I said, it's almost like a mind game. When stress comes, look at you in your own mind as though you're placing yourself upon God and you're resting totally upon him in that moment when stress comes. See, the reality is this. When stress comes and problems come in life, if all I do is focus on the negatives, you want to know what happens? It's going to pull me down into the muck and the mire. If all I do is focus upon the, the bad stuff, the stress, the negatives, it'll pull me down into things like depression or discouragement. But on the other hand, if I keep my mind through the relationship that I have with Christ stayed upon, parked upon God, then I can experience peace no matter what's going on. See, the world looks at it wrong. We think we're chasing after happiness. I'm not to be chasing after happiness. I'm to be chasing after God. I'm to be wanting to lean upon Him and trust upon Him. It's not about being happy. It's about be, having contentment and peace no matter what's going on around you. See, I don't have any control over the gas pump I was joking about earlier. If I did, I promise you I would change it. But I do have control over the attitude that I have when I'm there. I can get agitated and blow up in that moment, or I can reflexively tell myself, it's okay because God's in control and God's in charge. And me lean upon Him instead of worrying about all the stuff in life. When stress comes, that's what we need to do is lean upon Him. Think about it in a practical way. If in a moment or any circumstance you're facing... If in that moment we will train ourselves for our mind to be stayed on God, then no matter what I'm facing right then, it ought to be really hard for me to get angry or bitter or frustrated. Now, I'm not there yet. I'll tell you I'm not. I, you know, I've got this thing in me, the way I'm wired or whatever. Uh, I, can, I can flame up all of a sudden. That's my kids, you know. But what I'm saying is, if I will try and train myself more, and you'll think about it more yourself, to, as soon as some type of affliction hits, some type of moment that is you know, making you angry or just agitates your life, if, if we can kind of train ourselves, as soon as we realize what's going on and we're feeling these emotions, and instead of getting discouraged or angry or down and out, if I will stop and say, no, I'm supposed to stay my mind upon Him, then in that process, it's going to make it a lot harder for me just to fly angry or be discouraged or be distressed. That's why we need to have our minds stayed upon Him. You also can find peace by doing this. All this fits together. You need to find peace in this stressful world by trusting in God. The Bible said you keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. See, there's almost a, a, there really is a connection there. 
A mind that stayed on God, guess what? It's trusting in God. The reverse is true. If you're trusting in God, it ought to help you keep your mind stayed upon Him. To stay focused upon Him. A mind stayed upon God is a, is a mind that trusts in God. It says to find peace in this stressful world, we need to trust in Him. The word peace that's uh, found in that verse is the, the Hebrew word shalom. Uh, you've heard you know, uh, Jewish people use that, I'm sure, on television or whatever. Our English translations say perfect peace. But when you read it in the Hebrew, it literally repeats the word peace twice. And and that's a way that they would communicate. The the fact that the word is repeated twice. We don't talk like that. But in the Jewish way of thinking, in the Middle Eastern way of thinking, when, when you would hear peace, peace, that's what it meant, perfect peace. We don't tend to go up to somebody and say, peace, peace, you know? They might backhand you or something. I don't even know what you're talking about. That, that's why in our English Bible, to get the thought across to us, it says perfect peace. But it literally means peace, peace. And, and the word means this. It means to be safe, well, off or well, happy, friendly. It talks about the welfare in our life. Uh, not being on welfare, but having welfare in your life. Health, prosperity, peace. That's what that word speaks to. Now think about it since the word is repeated twice. To me, it's almost like God is saying you can get a double portion of peace. You, you need to understand that keeping your mind stayed upon God, trusting in Him, gives you like a double portion of peace, you know, double peace, double safety, double well-being, all the things the word shalom means, double happiness by trusting in God. I, I don't know about you guys, but I can use a double portion of peace in my life. How about you? Moms especially, it's Mother's Day, could you use a double portion of peace in your life? Then you need to keep your mind stayed upon Him. You need to trust in Him. And here's what the word trust means. The word trust means to, to hide. It's not really a word we use. That's an, kind of an old English word. It means to run, to hurry, to run to for refuge, to trust, to be confident in, to be sure, to be bold, to be careless, as in a, a careless one, a careless man, or, or specifically it means a careless woman, but it's not meaning being careless in the way you live your life. It's meaning you live your life as though you don't have a care, as though you're not worried. It means to put or to make your hope in God. If we're going to find peace in this stressful world, and moms, if you're going to find peace in the stressful world in which you live in, that's what you need to do, you need to trust in Him. Be confident in Him. No matter what you're facing in life, you need to put your hope in Him. In other words, when the kids are screaming at the top of their lungs and you're on your last nerve, what you need to do is run to God for refuge. When the dishes are piling up in the sink and you have about had it or the bills are piling up on the table and you're worried about how you're going to pay the bills, what you need to do is run to Him for refuge. He's the one that can do something about it. And I'm not saying He'll change it. He'll give you all the money you need. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying He can change your perspective to where you don't care what it is that you're facing because you're focused on Him. You understand what He has done for you and how much He loves you. When you're facing total chaos in your life and the phone is ringing off the hook and you just feel like you're completely on your last leg, what you need to do is run to Him. Trust in Him for refuge. Philippians tells us this. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. He said, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry. Don't sit around and worry all the time. Be anxious about stuff. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then notice this. The peace of God. What have you just done in the first part of it? You prayed and you brought it to His feet, right? You brought it to His throne. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, 
I mean, you can't figure out how you can have peace in that moment. People around you can't figure out how you can have peace in that moment with all that you're facing. But the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's almost like you know, a two-way street or two-way highway. I mean, the verses we looked at to start with here in verse 3 tells us that we need to keep our minds stayed upon God, and by doing so, He'll keep us in perfect peace because we're trusting in Him. And here in Philippians, it almost tells us the exact opposite thing. It, it tells us that, that there, through the, through the peace of God, by experiencing the peace of God, the, the, the opposite is kind of true. We're focusing on the peace of God, so through that, our minds and our hearts are kept. To start with, the verse we looked at, verse 3, tells you you can have peace by keeping your mind and your heart focused on Jesus. Now we're told here, by staying focused on peace, you can have a guarded mind and a guarded heart. And in the stressful culture, society that we live in, we need to learn how to find peace. But we also need to learn how to find strength. Strength. Moms, you need strength. Sometimes you don't feel like you can go another step. Sometimes you don't feel like you can face another issue, another problem, change another diaper, hear another crying child in that day. And you need strength for the stressful world that you live in. All of us, not just the moms, we need strength for the stressful world that we live in. Verse 3 told us, about finding peace, verse 4 tells us we can find a rock that gives us strength. Isaiah 26 and verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for in, in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. In the New King James. English Standard Version says this, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. We're going to close out by talking about this. We, we need to forever trust in God so we can experience forever strength. So talk about forever trust to begin with. Forever trust. It said trust in the Lord forever. The word trust is the same word that we saw in verse 3. Means all the things we talked about. Run to Him for refuge. Be be sure. Be bold. You know you can live you live your life as though you don't have a care because you're dependent upon Him. You're trusting in Him. Same word we saw in verse three. But I want you to notice something. How long? How often should we trust in Him like that? It tells us trust in the Lord forever. And the word forever literally means in, in the Hebrew as far, meaning as long or as much as you can, whether of space, time, or degree, whatever space or circumstance or situation you find yourself in. It means the root word that is built upon means termination, a duration. It conveys a sense perpetually, always trusting in Him. And the most basic root word that it's built on in the Hebrew means this, to advance, to pass on, to continue, or to specifically bring an ornament upon. That's how we need to trust in God as long, as much as possible. We need to trust in God in the space that we're in, no matter what it is, whether it is chaotic or whether you are lucky enough to be in a peaceful moment, you need to be trusting in God. You need to trust in Him in time, now and forever. No matter what the degree of your circumstances are, we need to trust in God. I'm just giving you things from the word definition we looked at a moment ago. We need to trust in God until time is no more, until time is completely terminated. We need to trust in Him for the duration of whatever it is our life is facing. We need to perpetually trust in God, good times, bad times, whatever it might be. We need to advance through life 
by trusting in God. Take the next step and the next step and the next step. No matter how weary you are, depressed, discouraged because of your circumstances in life, take the next step. Advance forward in life by keeping your focus and your trust in God. You need to allow God to be an ornament. Trusting in God to be an ornament in your neck, around your neck. Instead of bringing an ornament, that's what the word literally meant, the root word that this word is built upon. When we decorate a Christmas tree, what we're doing is there's a tree there and we go and get all these ornaments out of the box and we're trying to, to bring it and you know, fill in all the spaces. And we're trying to kind of, you know, beautify the tree as much as possible by putting an ornament here and and an ornament there and an an ornament here. Bringing an ornament to the tree. The most basic meaning of that word a moment ago said to, to bring an ornament. Why not look at it like this? As we face circumstances in life, difficulties in life, stress in life, think about your trust in God as an ornament. And you bring it to bear over what it is you're facing. Matter of fact, it's an ornament that you just hang there and it's close to your heart. And whenever the difficulties come, right there is that ornament of trusting in God. And you allow that ornament to change the way you view things. You allow that ornament of trusting God to beautify your life. No matter how difficult it might be in the moment, bring that ornament to bear in your life because you're trusting in Him. No matter how stressful. No matter how discouraged you might be in your life. We need to forever trust so we can have forever strength. The Bible said in the New King James for in, in Yah, and that's the, the word that just means the sacred name of God. For the Lord is an everlasting strength. And, and then the English Standard Version said he's an everlasting rock. The word for God there, when it which tells us the Lord God is an everlasting rock. The word God is the word Jehovah. The word Jehovah means He's the self-existent one. He's the eternal God. Now, let that play out in your mind for a moment. God being the self-existent one means that He's always been. There's never a time that He had a beginning. No one ever created Him. In fact, He's the Creator. And if he's the creator, that means he's also all-powerful. And if he's all-powerful, that means he can take care of every circumstance we face in life. That's why we need to trust in him. Who better to trust in than him? Because he's the only one that that is true of all those things. We need to trust in him in a stressful world. And by doing so, we can find forever strength or everlasting strength. The word everlasting means time concealed or the vanishing point. In other words, you know, so far in time is completely concealed. We can't know it. To the complete vanishing point, to time out of mind. In other words, we don't even worry about time anymore. It's what the phrase means. Eternity always. God is all-powerful. He's our everlasting strength. So in all the situations and the problems of life... What we need to do is trust in Him because He's an everlasting strength or rock is what the Bible says. The word for strength or rock means this. It means a cliff, a cliff, or a sharp rock. It means a rock or a boulder like a foundation stone. It means a refuge. It means an edge. Root where it means to cramp or confine. Same word is also translated in the Bible in the King James Version as the rock of ages. What what I'm telling you and what the Bible is telling us here is that if we will keep our minds stayed upon Him, we can experience forever peace, but we can also experience strength because God is like a cliff that we can climb up upon to get up above the, the storm or all the problems. And all the rest of the world might be sinking around you. It looks like all the rest of the world and all of the things in your life might just be disintegrating and going away. But He's a foundation stone that you can stand upon. 
He's a bolter that gives you a solid place to stand, no matter how stressful or how bad or difficult your life might be. He's a sharp rock. In other words, we can stand upon him, and and it's given the idea, I think, of of him being a sharp rock. We stand upon in safety, but anyone trying to get at us, he's that sharp rock protecting us. He's our refuge that we can hide in. That cleft of the rock to where we can run. We can conceal ourselves or confine ourselves within our relationship to Him. He's also the rock of ages that we can lean on for all time. Augustus Toplady's hymn, Rock of Ages, was based upon this verse. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. That's what we need to do. In life, when it's difficult and hard and stressful, we need to hide ourselves in Him. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. The difficulties of life, think about what Jesus did for you. Sometimes I'm afraid we minimize it a little bit. The book I alluded to last week that I'm reading that's entitled uh, Radical by David Platt. A lot of times we think of the crucifixion of Jesus just in the fact that he's showing he loved us. But he made a good point that I think we don't focus on enough in church. It also was this. Jesus down on the cross doesn't just communicate his love for us. Jesus dying on the cross was him consuming and drinking down all the wrath of God for all the sin of all mankind upon himself. When you think you're going through a difficult time, think about what Jesus did for you. Verse 2 says, Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's commands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. Think about it. We're real good sometimes, I guess, as believers to understand. Jesus atoned for our sins. And it's through Him that we're saved. Through Him alone. But see, here's the practical side of it. The same Jesus that died to take you to heaven... When you have faith in Him, He's still in control right now. Don't just push it off. Well, one day in heaven, everything will be okay. He wants to minister to you right now. For you to exercise faith in Him right now, in the stress of life, in the difficulties that you go through. Verse 3, nothing in my hand I bring. You can't bring anything. There's no merit that you have or that I have. There's not one thing we can bring to God because it's all of His grace. Simply to the cross I cling. Naked, come to Thee for dress. Helpless, look to Thee for grace. Foul, I to Thy fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. While I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see thee on thy judgment throne, rock of ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. That's what we need to do. Moms, that's what you need to do in the stressful world that you live in. You need to find peace and you need to find strength, and you do it by hiding yourself in Him. Not just for your salvation. Yes, you must do it for your salvation. But you need to hide yourself in Him when the world is assaulting your life. You need to hide yourself in Him. Doctrinally, we have to hide ourselves in Jesus. But practically, we need to hide ourselves in Jesus. Because the verses that we've looked at in Isaiah tell us He's our peace. He keeps us in peace. We need to keep our minds on Him. We must trust in Him. Trust in Him forever. We need everlasting strength. He's our everlasting rock. He's our rock of ages that we can stand on. No matter what we're facing in life. 
You see, the same Jesus that when he was here on his earthly ministry stepped out on a boat and calmed the storms. He's the same one that can calm the storm and the stress and the difficulty in your life. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there's a great calm. Stressful world we live in. Especially for you moms. But the same Jesus that said that to the storm, to the waves and the wind, that same Jesus can speak that peace to your life. And all that seems to be assault in your life and beating you up in life and all the stress that's there, if we'll keep our minds stayed upon Him, we can have a peace that the world doesn't understand, a peace that surpasses understanding. We can have all that wind cease in our lives and experience a great calm. I'm not saying the circumstances change. I'm saying in the midst of the circumstances, you can have a calm in your life simply because your mind is stayed on Jesus. Today I've mainly talked about having the peace of God. But as we get ready to close the service and have an invitation this morning, you need to understand that you need the peace with God before you can ever experience the peace of God. And the peace with God only happens through the cross of Jesus and through His shed blood. The peace of God only happens between us as sinners and He is a holy God. When we admit to Him that we have sinned and we come, as the song said, empty-handed, understanding there is nothing that we can do. And, and I'm not talking about you going through a little form prayer or something to where you sign a membership roll or whatever and you think, well, you know, yeah, I understand Jesus died for me. The verses we talked about today dealt with keeping your mind on Him and trusting in Him, in finding your strength in Him. And that's what the Christian life is about. That's what a relationship with Jesus is. It's not just some formula that you pray and you hope one day that you'll go to heaven and you live however you want to now. It is you understanding He is your only hope and you turn loose of anything that you are and anything that you can do and you trust in Him and you follow Him for now. So if you want the peace with God in your life, you have to trust Christ as your Savior. And then by keeping your mind stayed on Him, you can have the peace of God in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today to start with for mothers. God, you saw in your infinite wisdom to give us families and to allow us to experience the love and the nurture of a mother. For those of us that experience that, God, I pray right now we'll be thankful. Lord, if our mothers are alive, I, I, I pray today that we will be thankful to them and let them know how much we love them and how thankful we are for them. Lord, for those that maybe didn't experience that type of mother, God, help that person just to find peace and understanding that you love them and that you care for them. Father, if there's someone in this place this morning that does not know Christ as Savior, Help them to find peace with God right now by saying yes to Jesus. God, not just a frivolous yes, but God, we pray right now that you'll draw them to yourself. 
And they'll see themselves as empty-handed. They'll see themselves as, as spiritually naked before you without any hope except for Christ. And help them to come and say yes to Jesus today as you draw them to yourself. God, for those of us that already know you as Savior, God, we so many times let the world win or circumstances win or stress win in our lives and we'll get angry or bitter or discouraged and depressed. God, as believers today, help us God, try to apply these principles as we go forth and live our lives in this stressful world. Help us, God, that we will experience peace in our lives by keeping our minds stayed upon you, by trusting in you, by realizing you're our rock of ages that we need to stand upon and trust in. Help us to to just lean and run to you like a natural reflex in our lives. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. So the band plays. You may be here and your mother's here. Can I make a suggestion? Right now, if your mother's here and you have the opportunity to do so, go to them and just tell them you love them. If that's not possible right now because they're not here, if they're alive, do it before the day's out. I mean, as soon as you get gone from this service, if you can see them, go see them. If you have to make a phone call, go make the phone call. They're already gone. And you know that they knew Christ as their Savior. You ought to rejoice today because if you know Christ as your Savior, you get to see Him again. But that's not the main attraction. (laughs) The main attraction is getting to see Jesus that died on the cross for you. Today, you're someone that's really stressed out. And we've probably got several people here because of our culture. And you need to just come and ask God to help you have some peace in your life. We invite you to do that as the band plays. Please stand. God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Day 3 Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.